Hello, and thank you for joining us today for Frost & Sullivan's latest webinar from our Transformational Health Practice. Today's event is titled, 2019 Global Healthcare Predictions Unleashed, Growth Opportunities, Technologies, and Trends. My name is Anna, and I oversee Frost & Sullivan's Growth Innovation and Leadership Briefings. Before we begin, I'd like to go over a few quick notes. We will have some detailed slides on today's presentation. So there's a full screen feature available in the lower right hand corner of your webinar player. You can safely share this briefing at any time via social media, email, or blogs. Today's discussion will also be available on demand shortly after we finished. And don't forget to submit your questions throughout the session today. Our presenters today are Renita Das, Partner and Senior Vice President, and Kalmajit Barrera, industry analyst. With that, I would now like to hand the briefing over to Renita, who is also going to be our moderator for today's webinar. Thank you so much, Anna. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone who has joined us from all parts of the world. I'm very excited today to be presenting our 2019 outlook for healthcare, which is expected to be an amazing year for us. I have been doing the predictions for healthcare for the last 10 years, and I think overall we're getting better and better in being able to predict um, what is expected to come. So what is the most interesting part for me really is to see how we did and fared in, for the 2018 predictions in retrospect. So I'll quickly um, focus on that and then move on to what we see as the top predictions and outlook for 2019 followed by three growth opportunities in each of the major sectors. But before I begin, I want to just quickly talk about the methodology we followed in order to reach our predictions. As you probably know, we have a team of 200 analysts all across the world studying and tracking different markets and industries within healthcare. And for this study, we engaged almost 50 of our sectoral and regional experts within Frost & Sullivan's transformational health practice. We collected their insights on key technologies, themes, and megatrends that would have a profound implication on the healthcare industry in 2019. In addition to that, we ran an external survey with 300-plus healthcare CXOs and key opinion leaders to round out the predictions around key technologies such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, big data, wearables, and mHealth. And some of these made it to our 2019 list. In fact, for most of the 2019 predictions, we have dedicated research studies that are already published on our website or are upcoming as part of our research calendar for the year. So let's look back at how we did in terms of 2018, and how many of these actually came out as true and valid. So we made eight big predictions last year, and I'm really happy to say that we did well in each one of them. And I'll just talk quickly about what we said we were going to achieve and what we did achieve. So the first one was that we anticipated that product as a service business model would contribute about 2 to 3% of revenue from leading drug and device companies in 2018. And in fact, based on our estimates to date, we believe that platform-based services actually accounted for 5% of revenue for leading medical technology companies during the 2018. 
The second prediction we made was that global revenues for providers in the healthcare cloud computing market would cross $5 billion in 2018, growing at a CAGR of around 24% during the next five years. And we continue to see cloud becoming more foundational to provide the much-needed infrastructure for converging healthcare technologies such as AI, big data analytics, and wearables. The third prediction we made was we expected big tech companies like the GAFA companies, Google, Apple, Facebook, uh, to one of them to actually get approval in terms of FDA's fast-track program for digital therapeutics. And it is very, very interesting that we're proud to see that this prediction came true with the Apple Watch Series 4, the first consumer device to receive FDA approval that came out earlier this year. And we believe that we expect three more companies in the next two years which would attain FDA's fast-track program for digital therapeutics and health apps, and our bets are on Google, Samsung, and Fitbit. The fourth prediction we made was that virtual and remote clinical trial adoptions would increase, and 20% of all clinical trials globally would adopt some form of virtualization. We have begun to see this already happening between leading pharma companies moving towards digitally-led hybrid clinical trial design, and patient-centric trials to leverage real-world data and optimize trial protocols. For example, in March 2018, Novartis introduced its plan uh, with alliance with Science37 to conduct 10 new clinical trials that would include both virtual and traditional models over the next three years. And we are seeing other leading pharma companies like GSK, Sanofi, Atsuko, and Amgen doing the same thing. So our prediction of about 20% of trials being virtual is already true. Our fifth prediction was on robotics for surgery and care assistance within hospitals that would gain a high penetration. And we gave some numbers of 1.6 billion for 2018, growing at around 36%, while surgical robot devices would exceed 20 billion globally by 2020. I do believe this prediction is definitely coming to reality for this year. Because of the looming shortage of care workers across the world, we anticipate that robotic-assisted surgical procedures will grow for about 5 to 20% over the next 18 months. Our sixth prediction was focused on Asia-Pacific, where we believed that uh, Asia would lead in terms of smart hospitals, and there would be approximately 3,200 smart hospital beds created over the course of the year. And we have indeed found that in terms of active investment by existing private hospitals in Asia-Pac region, especially in South Korea, Australia, Singapore, and Malaysia. And we do believe that many of these hospitals are also integrating some of the newer technologies of IOMT sensors, healthcare data, and analytics, in terms of chronic disease management. Our seventh prediction was on cyber attacks, and you know this is something that's very, very pertinent uh, in terms of light of what is happening today. Um, 3.15 million records were exposed by 142 healthcare data breaches just in one quarter alone. This is in quarter two of 2018, which is actually twice more compared to the same time in 2017. 
So this phenomena is going to continue to increase, and we believe also that healthcare companies have the highest days where we're looking at 103 days to identify and contain a data breach compared to any other industry in the same magnitude and sector. So this is something definitely in red alert that has definitely come true and will continue to haunt us until we, we find resolution. And the last prediction we made was incentive-based wellness programs will gain popularity. 2018 is proving to be a year where innovative private insurance models have begun to shake up the healthcare payer industry. And we believe that some of these wellness-based incentive models will continue to flourish. Uh, Frost and Sullivan research suggests that interactive policies will continue to gain popularity in 2019. And we will discuss this also as one of the trends moving forward with what we see in 2019. So moving on to actual projections of where the, what the markets will look like for 2019 and what our projections look like. The global healthcare industry will register a stable growth of around 5.1% during 2019, and we will cross $1.96 trillion globally in terms of manufacturer revenues. Now, this does not include hospital revenues. Digital transformation and realization of long-term pending policy reforms will be the two most important priority pillars during 2019 for all healthcare sectors globally. I'd like to quickly move on and discuss some of our regional predictions of where we see the biggest growth opportunities. And obviously, I want to start with um, the growth opportunities starting with the emerging markets. I think access to affordable and quality care will be the key political agenda for the upcoming 2019 elections in many of the markets in Asia, Africa, Central, and Eastern European countries. We project high growth opportunities in emerging markets, um, and these are specific ones that I just want to highlight. For example, ASEAN countries will become the best cost destination for all range of medical device manufacturing to meet local needs. Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand will lead the medical device manufacturing and distribution market in Asia-Pacific and become the preferred destination for medium and low-grade medical device manufacturers. Asia-Pacific will also witness the genomics revolution in the next few years. We already have seen China taking a lead in the genomics race. Asian investors such as SoftBank and Tencent, we believe, will continue to put in big bucks into genomic-focused companies. Recently, SoftBank invested in Guardian Health in China. Tencent was one of the top investors in the U.S.-based Grail. We believe that this will continue to happen through 2019. With regard to government policy um, with, uh, with medical tourism and medical device manufacturing, that will continue to increase at around 15% in some of these ASEAN countries. There will also be a rise in unicorn startups that is valued at over $1 billion, and a lot more foreign direct investment in increasing the demand for healthcare services because of the aging population and rising health income levels. Developed countries like Singapore, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Korea, and Japan will continue to focus on healthcare management of costs and explore digital technologies. 
For Japan, I think the biggest um, innovation for 2019 will be in regeneration medicine. Japan will be the first ever country in the world to start uh, their trial with drugs using induced pluripotent stem cells, iPS cells, and we believe that this will begin in 2019, and it will further differentiate their company, uh, their country in terms of regeneration mark, um, medicine. And Japan will continue to lead the race for regeneration medicine for the next few years. Um, our bets on South Korea is that South Korea will invest heavily in clinical trial environment for medical devices and pharmaceuticals, and that they want to become a global clinical trial hub in the world. With continued success and momentum in commercializing stem cell therapy products, South Korea's Samsung Biopolis has already gained Europe and FDA approval for four biosimilars. They will continue to lead that race in 2019. The Latin American outlook um, is kind of rocky for next year in our view. We believe there will be continuing healthcare access through private-public partnership and technology. We know in Mexico there are seven private-public partnership projects for new hospitals that have been approved for around 22 billion pesos. That will be the model for next year. We're hoping that the Latin American healthcare market stabilizes, starts to stabilize from 2019 onwards. I think Africa is going to be a lot about e-health-driven initiatives. Uh, there's already a $9 billion global fund commitment for 2017 through 2019 that will provide public-private partnership opportunities to modernize hospital infrastructure, supply chain, improve data quality and data management systems, and strengthen human resources and healthcare. And that path will continue to develop in 2019. In terms of the United States, um, I believe that it's definitely going to focus on value-based care, and especially on the onslaught of the recent elections that we have just seen. Given the high cost variance for healthcare costs, sometimes which is 400 to 600 percent, 2019, I believe, will usher in pilot programs that will help to reduce this variation in cost to two standard deviations across all post-acute care modalities. We also believe that there will be further integration of providers and payers to drive costs out and improve efficiency, and far more middle parties will, will evaporate from this healthcare system. Um, we do believe that big tech companies like Amazon, Google, and Apple will continue to make the inroad into the healthcare system, um, going into healthcare in terms of actual systems, operations, and clinical processes, and not just playing the consumer market. And this will continue to challenge the digital transformation and productivity of the current healthcare environment. With regard to Europe, um, shifting economic population and behavior dynamics will see a rise in healthcare expenditure in many of the European countries in 2019. We're also going to see tremendous pressure on public health systems and many patients moving towards private systems during the course of the year. Healthcare out-of-pocket payments will increase as the Europe population are much more health-aware and trying to begin to take personal responsibility and focusing on long-term care. The UK healthcare and lifestyle sector will remain a key influencer during Brexit negotiations and during the post-Brexit phase. 
The UK Life Science deal, which aims to boost UK R&D funding to 2.4% of GDP, will continue and make UK a very, very attractive destination for high-quality talent, investment, and funding grants. And I also believe that UK and China, Europe and China, will continue to strengthen their trade links, especially for personalized medicine and the healthcare approach. With this, I'd like to move quickly to one poll question that we have, um, and I'll give a minute to everyone to answer this poll question. What, we, what question we have is, tell us one key technology you believe will have the highest revenue impact on the healthcare industry in 2019. And we have one we have five answers, and you might select just one. The answers are artificial intelligence, big data analytics, cloud, blockchain, and mHealth. So I'll give you a few seconds to select your answer, and then we will move on. Um, and I'll pass it on for the second section to my colleague, Kamaljit, who will actually go through the actual eight predictions with you. So we only have two votes so far from the audience, so I request if all of you can go ahead with this voting and then we can continue. That would be great. Okay, I'm going to forward it on uh, to Amat Kamaljit. Kamaljit, over to you. Thank you, Renita. Hello, everyone. Thanks for taking time to you know, participate in our briefing. So the next chapter, we are going to you know, take you forward and you know, discuss what are our key eight predictions for 2019. Now, before, you know, considering the time constraint uh, of this limited uh, edition, uh, we'll be only discussing the top three in details. However, you know, we will provide a brief introduction about all the eight predictions with you today. So no, before moving into the in detail about the top three predictions, I would uh, like to you know, discuss the remaining uh, three, uh, remaining uh, six uh, uh, five part of the predictions. Starting with the fourth predictions, uh, what is basically around the Asia become the new local innovation focus for global drug and device OEMs, and what we anticipate that during 2019 or uh, ongoing in 2019, up to 10% of the Healthcare R&D research and development investment will be made towards localizing innovation for emerging market in Asia, such as the countries like you know uh, Southeast Asian countries like Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, and India and China, among others. Now, one of the chief reasons for that uh, is for decades we have seen the, especially the medical innovation pipeline uh, for different uh, the drugs and devices have been influenced much by the Western world. For example, pharma industry has long been driven by the demand from especially U.S. and the Western European markets, where paying very scant attention to emerging markets and diseases more prevalent uh, there. But now what we anticipate that given that emerging market contribute about 20 to 30% of the pharmaceutical industry's value, and registering a double-digit growth in the last uh, a few years, uh, this is going to steer uh, companies uh, who, are, who will attempt to append the trend with new drugs and products tailored to Asian bodies and lifestyle. 
And based on industry estimate, we also see that more than 80% of the patients or the healthcare consumers find uh, products or drugs developed in the developed market, introduced in the emerging market, are not cost efficient in terms of their you know, purchasing parity. And apart from that cost effectiveness factor, a local R&D presence also help MNCs uh, in creating reputation for innovation and attractiveness to specific needs. For example, help in building relationship with government and local regulatory authorities. And for example, NACF Pacific is, the, uh, is ex expected to register one of the highest you know, uh, growth rate, especially for very innovative things such as you know, cell therapy alone. And we anticipate that you know, uh, moving forward, about 30% of the global late sales trials will on cell therapy are, will be driven by the Asia-Pacific region. Now, apart from the global MNCs, even the domestic player in the Asia-Pacific region uh, will continue to give, be a serious contender for pharma and medtech R&D, that is research and develop, uh, development-driven innovations. Moving to the next prediction, that is number five, we believe the application of healthcare data analytics will shift from the big data to meaningful small data by healthcare specialty. And specifically, we anticipate by end of 2019, about 50% of the healthcare companies will have resources dedicated to assessing, sharing, and analyzing real-world evidence for use cases across their organization. And during 2019, we believe more number of Specialty-specific analytic solution will gain prominence among providers striving to investigate uh, use cases around drug utilization, treatment variability, clinical trial eligibility, even you know billing discrepancies and some other uh, operational inefficiencies in the care delivery arena. Now, the priority goal for the payers or the providers will be around identifying at-risk individuals which is closely associated with ongoing you know, topics around population health management or even precision medicine per se. Now with that, what we see also is convergence of technologies will be pretty important as we uh, anticipate augmented analytics capabilities will advance rapidly to mainstream adoption as a key feature of data pre uh, preparation, data management, and more importantly, modern analytics around business processes, management, and mining data for specific scientific platforms. Now moving on to the next prediction, that is six. We believe that healthcare will be a dominant vertical in voice application, and especially during 2019, we believe HIPAA-compliant voice and chart applications for healthcare will gain prominence, and especially there will be a serious you know, competition around some of the niche vendors such as Nuance and Orbita and some of the, you know, tech titans such as Amazon, Apple, Google, and Microsoft, among others, who are aggressively investing on voice around healthcare applications. Now, for example, uh, uh, what we see is some of the trends that are uh, driving it based on the HIMSS 2018 conference. We see, you know, clearly uh, one of the biggest story was around the nuance uh, solutions, which basically provide uh, clinical-grade voice uh, solutions for healthcare industry. And moving forward, what we see is that 
even uh, our client inquiries, especially applications such as peace, transcription, etc., would move forward to use uh, you know, enabling technologies such as AI or virtual assistant as part of dealing with things, and more importantly, to understand how these solutions can be leveraged by major healthcare IT vendors such as the EMR, EHR vendors, and non-clinical uh, IT vendors to uh, come up with voice play as a competitive edge moving forward. However, current maturity of the take, especially the voice take, makes it suitable for limited use cases, such as you know, uh, around the guided transaction, but it will be still well suited to convey lengthy, it will be still not well suited to convey lengthy pieces of information. And moving forward in the near future, we anticipate uh, voice recognition when paired with artificial intelligence as a technology may soon become a common background technology during clinical encounters, acting as a scribe, or even clinical documentation uh, assistance, and potentially a decision support tool in, in the future next five to uh, six years of time. Moving on to the next prediction, that is prediction number seven. We believe blockchain will finally you know, start to move from the hype to reality with initial commercial implementation generating you know, reasonable ROI. And specifically, by end of 2019, we anticipate about 5 to 10% of the healthcare-focused enterprise blockchain application will move from pilot stage to partial or limited commercial applications. And uh, this has been true, uh, especially uh, considering some of the initiative by companies such as uh, Change Health, which has been you know, one of the leading players in the US in the RCM space. And uh, the success, uh, they have been you know, able to recently, uh, early this year, they introduced uh, their solution called as Intelligent Health Network, which is their current, cap at its current capability can process some uh, 550 odd transactions per second. And this claim education use case uh, they came up with a recent announcement where they have collaborated with a company called as Tipco on a project called as Dovetail Project, where especially they are looking forward to develop a framework which would allow payers and financial institutions in the U.S. market to build smart contracts that would govern healthcare transaction process more efficiently and effectively. Similarly, we see you know, some of the uh, other use cases that are already commercial by companies such as HashHealth around uh, uh, physician or the provider uh, provider credentialing. Uh, they have also you know, some of the recent announcement made in the la this week's uh, distributed health conference, and they, they, they also anticipate you know ongoing advancement around their current uh, physician credentialing platform, as well as some of the development around uh, contract uh, education solutions, which they will be soon announcing in the recent uh, uh, in the in few weeks uh, from now. Apart from that, there are you know, some other commercial solutions such as Guard Time in Estonia, which has made one of the you know, biggest cases in the last two years. Uh, and we have seen other use cases, uh, other bigger consortium forming around the, the, the other use cases such as the companies such as Humana, Multiplan, Optum, Quest Diagnostic, and United Health have launched blockchain-driven effort to tackle care provider data management. And based on industry estimate, this type of problem accounts for around 2.1 billion spend annually across health system chasing and maintaining provider data. 
And apart from that, on the clinical trial side or the drug uh, traceability slide, we also see you know major pharma companies and distributors such as Pfizer, Genentech, Avery, McKesson, and Ambrosabers are coming together to you know tackle the drug supply chain counterfeiting issues. Now, given all this uh, development, we believe uh, uh, in 2019 the debate will move from you know uh, how uh, exploring how and where can blockchain technology be used in the healthcare space. And some of the low-hanging other use cases would be around uh, uh, track and trace, supply chain auditability, identity management, and obviously some of the companies to watch in the space would be Spiritus, which essentially is developing a solution around device lifecycle management. Bitman, one of the interesting companies which is working around free on-demand telemedicine uh, consulting services with a, uh, with a pure research common or you know, data sharing concept uh, as a trade-off uh, for physician consultation. And in the pharma clinical trial, we have a lot of consul co companies such as you know, CouncilX, which is working on the clinical trial uh, um, data management platforms enabled by uh, blockchain solutions. Now moving on to the final prediction that is number eight, we believe that innovative private insurance model would continue to shake up healthcare payer industry. And especially by 20, end of 2019, we believe about 5 to 10% of life insurance plan will be linked to lifestyle and health data-driven interactive policies in some form. And this, this, there is a primary industry need which is actually driving that. Now, if we see the healthcare, health insurance policies available today are often aged, and fail to meet the personalized need of individuals. As a result, the health, healthcare, health insurance industry, even across developed market, is expected to see a growth rate of just 1.5% during 2018 and even during 2019. And to ensure future growth, globally, a number of insurance companies are already providing data and digitally driven healthcare services to their policyholders to personalize experiences and reduce the cost from potential claims. Now, what we believe the industry needs is a consumer-centric approach around insurance, progr insurance programs that in incentivizes individuals for adhering to healthy habits and lifestyle. And uh, we strongly believe that interactive policy will continue to gain popularity globally as it enables insurance companies to leverage individual data and then use it to personalized premiums and discounts and rewards in the next generation plans. And just to quote some examples, we have you know, major companies uh, across the globe such as you know, Vitality and Prudential uh, with a program called MyDNA in the South Asia countries. We have Discovery as an insurance company quite active with uh, this innovative uh, insurance plans in Africa. And obviously in US market we have United Health Group with uh, Qualcomm collaboration on the certain programs. And in South Korea, some of the emerging companies such as Zitco are you know, working on decentralized health insurance leveraging blockchain and AI wearable and IoT platforms. With that, now let's move on to discuss the top three predictions in details. And our first, first predictions, which we'll be discussing in detail today is around value-based care programs as they will get progress as outcome focus globalizes. 
and specifically uh, under that we believe by end of 2019 about roughly 15% uh, of the global spending that is close to around 1 trillion US dollars will be tied in some form with value or outcome-based care concept and especially discussing around what trends uh, are actually driving it, what we see is during 2019, healthcare industry will continue to transit and stick into value-based model, and more sophisticated outcome-based model will get deployed, especially in the developed markets such as the US and the, some of the uh, developed um, Western European countries. And emerging nations, on the other hand, will start to follow the best practices suited for their local needs. However, considering value-based or outcome-based initiative uh, takes significant time to implement or to roll out the programs at a large scale, we still believe that most of the countries globally would not, uh, the, the, the full-fledged uh, rollout of this value-based uh, care would not happen in just a single year, that is 2019. Of course, we can see a gradual momentum across different countries, including emerging markets, in the next five to 10 years of time. Now, for example, uh, uh, even talking about one of the mature countries in terms of value-based care, that is the United, uh, United States, it took around close to five years in reaching to what they have currently. And based on our estimate or the CMS data, we believe that roughly one-third of the healthcare payments in the United States are already tied to value-based care in some form. And moving forward, we believe the scope of value-based care in the U.S. will move beyond an economic model and combine clinical, operation, and financial approaches to achieve much anticipated uh, outcomes. And in that, what we see the implication is that during 2019, we anticipate payers especially will pursue more risk-based reimbursement arrangements. For example, United States, uh, United Health Groups Value-based care spending, as per recent announcement, uh, you know, hit around 69 billion uh, as part of their overall pool. And similarly, in one of the other developed markets, such as Europe, we see countries such as UK and Sweden have already initiated measures around cost-effectiveness programs as part of their value-based healthcare programs. But in 29, what we see is that they will look at value or outcome, not just from a point of view of individual patients, but from the point of view of a health system as a whole. And we anticipate that more structural efforts by policymakers will be full and forced to move towards a common framework for evaluating and implementing value-based healthcare across the EU continent. And on the other hand, if you talk about emerging market, one of the critical issues or the challenge in healthcare is access to quality care. And due to, due to the resource-constrained uh, nature of the health systems in most of the emerging countries. Now, what we believe is that during 2019, policymakers will continue to look at ways of addressing this problem by prioritizing some form of value-based or outcome-based programs around key initiatives such as aged care, home health, and even the in, uh, rollout of the universal health coverage, which is yet to you know, receive, uh, reach 100% penetration in most of the emerging countries in the Asia or other part of the world. Now, what, what this will, the value-based care concept will have also significant implication for drug and device OEMs moving into 2019. And there is 
Also, a growing focus on the impact of spending on pharmaceuticals and medical device technologies on broader population health agenda. And this eventually poses both risk and opportunities for healthcare companies because those that can show highest quality outcomes at competitive cost may be able to take the market share at the expense of the competitor. And during 2019 especially, we believe pharma, especially pharma companies will continue to face increasing demand to prove the value of their drugs across the globe. And to tackle the value, what we see is that some of the uh, you know, successful companies have been approaching uh, collaboration between industry and government where the need is to develop new models for around pricing for their innovative uh, drugs or devices with, you know, uh, with especially the decision maker, be it the health system or the, the policy makers in that country. And as policy uh, makers face number of obstacles in implementing the value-based healthcare program globally, uh, one of the critical challenges remain today is the availability or the lack of comprehensive data on outcome. And entering that, we believe capability around health data analytics will become a top priority for each CIOs in healthcare uh, industries or companies or even health systems as well. And based on some of the you know, financial experts' predictions, uh, we believe that value-based care will drive more than half of the IT spending by 2025 for healthcare industry. Now moving on to the next prediction, that is prediction number two. What we believe is artificial intelligence will explode across the healthcare and life science ecosystem, especially post-flagship level use cases yield positive results. And especially when we talk about that, we believe that AI for health IT applications market will cross $1.7 billion market by end of 2019. We further anticipate that by operationalizing AI platform across select healthcare workflows would result in around 10 to 15% of the productivity gain in next uh, three to five years of time. And so discussing around what's actually driving it, we believe during 2019, AI across clinical and non-clinical use cases will start to show hard results, further bolstering the growth in the, across the healthcare space. And in next 12 to 18 months, the priority will be to bring AI or cognitive platforms, technologies, use cases closer to the clinical care in order to augment the physicians and even the patients with actionable decision-making ability. However, in terms of the pricing uh, for AI solution, th this still remains a critical issue as most of the end users, especially the provider groups, are often not convinced to dedicate additional budget for such IT capabilities, which comes as an add-on benefit or a new application on top of their uh, existing IT investments or system. So in, in view of that, what we see is a cost-effective approach with clear evidence for potential ROI return on investment for both parties can help sustain the market growth in near future. Now when we talk about key applications which will be you know, prominent during 2019 around AI, we see you know, three applications predominantly such as workflow optimization, digital assistance, and risk prediction would be pretty prominent on, on demand, especially around AI systems or solutions or services. And especially talking about workflow optimization use cases, uh, we see 
uh, applications around elimination of unnecessary procedures and cost or inpatient care and hospital management and even you know patient data and risk analytics uh, will be you know gaining prominence and in terms of risk analytics we are already seeing you know bigger tech companies such as you know google is already at work with uh, machine learning uh, capabilities for predicting patient state and the result boasts a flattering figure of around 95% accuracy which is better than the hospital in house warning system and considering that we also believe that moving on to 2019 machine learning will become a pervasive across clinical and operational outcomes use cases so what is the implication for this uh, for different healthcare stakeholders moving on to 2019 so we see a clear cut uh, implication for especially for medical imaging stakeholders and we anticipate that operationalizing ai platform across medical imaging workflows would result 15 to 20% gain in productivity especially for radiologists in next 12 to 18 months moving forward in terms of digital pathology applications we believe ai will make its way into pathology as far as clinical diagnostic spectrum is concerned and we will further discuss these growth opportunities in one of their in vitro diagnostic segment in the later part of today's discussion and continuation on this what we see is that several small disruptive startups are providing deep learning tools that are being sought after by the big wings in the pathology industry to improvise the diagnostic workflow efficiency and during 2019 we believe ai uh, pharma ai and uh, real time analytics will make uh, adaptive clinical trial a reality than the concept and we have you not know, 2018 have been a phenomenal year in terms of investment around startups who are working around ai use cases for pharma r&d and some of the efficiencies around the clinical trial or operational use cases such as birch health from us bioexcel corporation recrucian and in silico medicine in in the us as well and apart from that to summarize what we think during 2019 finally ai and machine learning will further evolve human and machine interaction and moving forward as clinicians start to embrace early ai application in healthcare industry we will start to recognize the limitations of ai and explore the balance between man and machine intelligence with that let's move to the next uh, prediction for today and what we anticipate is that uh, as part of our third prediction is digital health will come of age with an increased focus on individual care where we are seeing a debate you know moving from digital health focus moving from the uh, traditional care setting to home care setting to you know kind of a holistic individual care setting and what we anticipate is that during 2019 digital health tech catering out of the hospital setting cares will grow by 30% to cross 25 billion dollar market globally and key segment would include the uh, such as remote patient monitoring devices telehealth platforms and uh, PERS that is personal emergency response systems uh, and m health and wearable applications obviously and during 2019 application of digital health will continue to go far beyond the traditional systems as we discussed especially to empower the individuals and healthcare consumers not limited to patient alone to manage their own health and during 2019 we will also see that uh, digital health 
will you know, start to be a pivot around defining value for healthcare and innovation and technology. And some of the key drivers for this are obvious suspects such as you know, chronic health condition which accounts for more than 40 uh, of the 56 million annual death globally and the aging population as per United States Nations uh, data, it is estimated that uh, 60 and older made up uh, will made up around 22% of the total population for high-income countries, especially by end of 2018. And this is going to be a big cost burden for most of the developed economies in the globe. And entering this, we anticipate that there will be increased spending for elderly care programs such as, you know, uh, the home uh, home care or aged care programs driven by these digital solutions. Uh, for example, uh, Australia has dedicated uh, roughly around 1.6 billion dollars uh, uh, Australian dollars to assist older Australians with services in their home settings. Even when we talk about countries like U.S., uh, the elderly care get uh, close to you know 37% of the pie of the healthcare spending. That is 1.4 trillion. And when we compare with the you know, children or the infant care that they hardly get around 9.8% of the spending. So this is going to be a big issue moving forward and which is essentially going to drive the penetration or the adoption or the acceptance of digital health globally. And some of the one of the interesting facts which is going to drive it in the B2B space is the favorable reimbursement environment for digital tool. And during 2019, what we believe is that uh, reimbursement policies towards clinically relevant digital health application will expand care delivery models beyond physical medicine to include behavioral health, digital health, wellness, therapies, dentistry, nutrition, and prescription management, among others. And especially, what uh, this is one of the you know clearly weighted by some of the announcement made by uh, CMS uh, early this week, where. Uh, uh, they have finalized a rule for remote um, patient monitoring reimbursement under Medicare and are about to propose payment rules, which will definitely redesign the payments for home health uh, systems and would encourage value for uh, digital health solutions. And especially, we also see telemedicine creating a bigger role in emerging markets such as you know, Singapore, uh, where telemedicine will move into public health spend as well uh, as you know as a platform in the regulatory sandbox, and M Health will definitely continue as in as with increasing consumer awareness and the push for device companies for device plus data plus intelligence you know uh, platforms to monetize the data economy around their devices. And finally, moving to the implications of this is what we believe is during 2019 we will. Uh, see digital solution will be more targeted or more focused in a way uh, wherein we see increased spending on focused digital health solutions with proven outcomes for care coordination and patient management, uh, sorry, population management initiatives. In terms of business model disruption, as we start to see the line between industries such as retail, IT, and healthcare start to blur during 2019 companies which are often you know, quoted as GAFA in the West, that is Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. And in the West, companies like BAT, that is Baidu, AliHealth, and Tencent in the East will start to dominate the individual care space or the home, home care space. 
and more essentially the new investment focused around digital health will be more around solutions that are efficient to capture and convert individual health data into actionable outcomes. One of the best examples to quote will be you know, the transition of the wearables you know, moving from a, a consumer device to you know, kind of a, a health uh, awareness device or self-help management devices. And it will be important moving forward for companies involved in you know, monetizing the IOMT or digital health data uh, to see it as a you know, new source of innovation and service-oriented future revenue stream apart from their traditional device and drug uh, uh, mainstream businesses. So with that, uh, let's move to the last part of our briefing today to discuss some of the key growth opportunities across the five major healthcare sectors we have discussed uh, or essentially we track in general. So the first growth opportunity is around the uh, pharma and biotech sector. And here are the two, uh, three uh, key growth opportunities we see will be you know, essential moving into 2019. The first one is around regenerative medicine, especially talking about cell therapy. Now what we see is that during 2019, cell and gene therapy combination is rapidly gaining momentum, which makes use of gene editing tools and vector delivery system to devise innovative curative platforms. And opportunities especially are abundant in the emerging markets, especially in terms of cold chain transportation and manufacturing. And when we talk about cell therapy, it accounts for roughly a major share of regenerative medicine and is estimated to reach about $8.2 billion by 2025. There is also a pipeline of uh, no, induced uh, potent stem cells, which are iPS cells, uh, or M MSCs and uh, ADSS, which are basically adipose tissue-derived stem cells for novel therapeutic treatment around conditions such as neurolo neurological, musculoskeletal, and dermatology condition, among others. And especially when we talk about market players, they are investing in innovating models such as risk sharing and in-line sensing or out-licensing, this type of uh, new uh, innovative pipelines. And uh, there is a you know, faster adaption towards uh, in-home expansion for this uh, development around this cell and gene therapies. And with cell therapy manufacturing being time-sensitive, biopharma companies are implementing IT-based solutions for improving manufacturing capabilities. Uh, and they will continue to invest around those IT capabilities in order to gain the process or operational efficiencies. And talking about the second growth opportunity, that, that is digital solutions for age-related disorders, we estimate that anti-aging market will cross uh, $85 billion by 2022, which would essentially include segments such as dietary supplements, conventional therapies, and aesthetic products and solutions. Now, this represents a high-growth opportunity both, for, both from a R&D perspective for drugs, that is drug development, and more importantly for the emerging digital field or what often we call as digital therapeutics in terms of you know, solutions around adherence, condition management, and such as assisted living, fall, fall prevention services, among others. Now, uh, to achieve that, companies are aggressively you know, leveraging uh, emerging technologies such as mobile technology, AI, and big data analytics capabilities, uh, which offer what we uh, to claim to uh, deliver uh, and deliver clinical results with lower cost and no if side effects. Essentially, what we see the beyond the pill strategies also happening in the pharma space. And what we anticipate in future is that 
Digital therapeutics can either replace or complement medication in neuro degenerative diseases or in the CNS space, which often uh, has you know, limited uh, proven uh, clinical substance around current drugs and their use cases or applications. Now, talking to about the third growth opportunity, we believe that uh, clinic, virtual clinical trial decision will play a critical role in determining clinical trials model. And uh, this will help in you know, shifting from high cost and difficult to access setting to more patient-centric and efficient models. And convergence of mHealth, wearable, and gamification concept will you know, increase patient engagement by bringing concepts such as bring your own device concepts. Moving on to the next growth opportunity we will discuss uh, is around the in vitro diagnostics. And we see that liquid biopsy uh, will continue to you know, gain prominence, uh, especially around uh, uh, given opportunities around the image uh, miRNA, ctDNA, and CTS to capture the occurrence of cancer as an early precursor or as a diagnostic uh, screening test. And given the potential of the technology, uh, it, it, we anticipate that it can even replace some of the imaging modalities offered today as part of screening program. And for example, across the different cancer state in the United States only, the addressable market opportunity for this type of screening test is around 100 billion during 2019. With that, we believe demand for novel liquid biopsy test for early cancer screening will continue and demonstrate results with clinicians. And in terms of direct-to-consumer genetics test, we have uh, seen this, this is being leveraged as a uh, next um, uh, revenue model by established as well as uh, you know, mid-tire clinical laboratories testing service providers. And it, it has actually opens a lot of more uh, innovative models uh, or care, uh, delivery outcomes, such as you know, walk-in clinics, retail food outlets, also called as convenience clinics and online clinics. And recently, we can see from the example of uh, Lab Group, which last week announced around their upcoming online D2C platform called as Pixel, which will initially offer four screening test insights on heart health, diabetes, collateral cancer, and general wellness. And what we anticipate that um, the D2C direct-to-consumer genetic market will hit around 1.2 billion by 2019 with a growth rate of 22% moving forward. And lastly, we see that companion diagnostic tests uh, would hit a uh, which are about $3 billion market currently are expected to cross $6 billion market by 2025, with especially NGS being the preferred technology for co-development of drug and device partnership. And moving forward, use of AI-based software and analytics tools will be a high rise for pharmacogenomics and biomarker-level targeted therapies. Moving on to the next uh, growth opportunities, we see, especially for medical uh, technologies, uh, Specialized ortho uh, wearables capable of measuring and blending of joint ranges of motion and judgment, uh, judge the patient's pain level during uh, movement in combination with companion ML app for orthopedic rehabilitation will see clinical adoption, resulting in a you know, three, roughly 3 to 5% reduction in admission rate. And especially we see that this represents a huge opportunity for orthopedic implant and surgical OEMs to gain significant fast mover advantage through innovative outcome-based peer and provider partnership uh, to attain the value-based outcome uh, requirement. 
And secondly, the augmented reality in uh, operating room, we believe that will finally, this will finally uh, will open up new doors for real-time support to improve especially the clinical efficiencies during the surgeries. And it is likely that the, uh, with the ongoing penetration, we can expect uh, close to 5 to 10% of operating room uh, you know, leveraging uh, automated, uh, augmented reality capabilities during 2019 and beyond. Um, then moving to robotics and AI-enabled automation, we believe that roughly 8 to 10% of the large hospitals, especially in countries like US, Europe, Japan, and some of the you know, advanced Middle East countries like Dubai, UAE, and Saudi Arabia, will use AI-enabled uh, smart conveyor flow system coupled with uh, automated guided vehicles and automated mobile robots to streamline manual workflows related to sterile processing, processing, and uh, biomedical uh, departments. And with that, moving to the next growth opportunity, we, uh, for especially for medical imaging, what we see is that cor uh, coronary computer tomography and geography uh, will gain prominence. Well, this has been a you know, decade-old technology. What is primarily driving this technology in 2019 is you know, purely because of the efficacy around this procedure. And more importantly, it's a non-invasive procedure compared to the current uh, uh, invasive procedure, which is generally practiced to uh, follow these uh, therapies. And uh, this has been what we see is that this is slowly moving towards a standard of care procedure, and this has been already adapted in countries like UK. Uh, and we perceive that moving forward, it will continue to become a gatekeeper test, especially for. ICS and in major imaging market during 2019. Talking about uh, the next growth opportunity around image-guided therapy, uh, what we see is that uh, in the recent year, IJT have been widely used in treatment of cancers, peer-reading the treatment procedures by allowing the physician to precisely focus on tumors. And this will uh, continue in 2019, uh, where image-guided therapies will you know, get more intense in determining cancer treatment pathways, and the image guidance segment will continue to evolve uh, and advance its capability in treat treatment planning, treatment response assessment, localization, and targeted de uh, delivery techniques. And um, moving on to the final uh, thing on imaging, we see that enterprise imaging will continue to witness uh, uh, or, or rather gain provenance and will begin its transition to mainstream clinical imaging platform supporting concepts like multimodality, multi-ology imaging applications, and especially enterprise imaging strategy will fuel the adoption of vendor-neutral archive, while health IT vendors such as EMR and EHR vendor will increasingly leverage universal viewing solutions for image enabling the healthcare enterprise. Furthermore, powerful mobile imaging capabilities, the ability to perform analytics and generate real-time patient insights for improved decision making will lead to clinical collaborations. Moving to the last uh, but not the least, uh, health IT uh, uh, growth opportunities. We see that uh, healthcare data analytics will continue to dominate, especially, and this is one of the, linked to one of our predictions as well. And even the second is around the health AI in healthcare. Again, it's aligned closely with uh, one of our pre top uh, top eight predictions. And what we see is that. Uh, uh, based on our research, uh, the AI application, especially in the clinical and non-clinical operations, will achieve around 68.5% you know, growth rate in the next uh, four to five years' time. 
And finally, digital therapeutics, uh, which is essentially about becoming a true medical alternative uh, that will utilize communication-based technologies, apps, and software to improve patient outcome and help to lower the cost of healthcare. The overall digital therapeutics market is expected to grow at a compounded annual growth of you know, roughly 30% in the next two to three years of time. With that, I you know, pass on to Renita uh, to you know, lead us with the final concluding slides. Over to you, Renita. Thank you. Thank you, Kamaljit. So we just have a minute uh, to finish up, so I'd just like to close out here by saying that we've reviewed almost 1,000 technologies and identified 50 top growth opportunities in healthcare today that exist for 2019. But what does all of this mean? I think at the end of the day, technology is really increasing the barriers between the patient and the provider. And we've seen that a lot through the stories, the real-life stories of patients and doctors over the course of this year. And we really need to change that. We need to change the questions we ask, and we need to change what we're actually trying to measure and achieve. So this whole debate around digital transformation that, is, that has overtaken the healthcare industry, we need to move beyond that debate and really not focus on the mirage of technology novelties that we have, but really focus on what really matters, which is the patient and the healthcare system. So we have identified three things that we need to be asking questions on for 2019. Rather than asking questions on what kind of technology do we need, we really need to think about what are the outcomes we are trying to drive, what is the behavior we are trying to change, and who are the people we are trying to change for that. So rather than understanding that this technology is great for this, knowing the destination and the environment of the destination, the operational and the customer experience, of that destination that we want to deliver to takes us to asking the right questions. I, th I think the second big thing that we need to talk about is how do we monetize these cool tech approaches that we've just talked about. And rather than talk about just looking at the business model, how do we use technology and industry convergence to drive business and care delivery innovation? How do we navigate the intersection where all of these digital technologies, capabilities, and infrastructure come together? And how do we integrate, connect this entire disparate digital tech in ways that adds value eventually for the patient and the member experience? And eventually, I think we need to shift our business priority from how do you sequence and prioritize technology adoption and actually focus on industry needs, finding the right optimum market positioning with the right end user, so bringing the right product to the right person at the right time through the right channel. And really at the heart of this lies what we are trying to achieve in precision medicine. And this goes on with the ongoing debate that we have that we've spent a lot of time in 2018 talking about AI versus physicians, consumer versus clinical, human empathy versus machine intelligence. I believe that we are not like no other industry, and the digital transformation of health is often complex, and it has very, very heavy regulatory and ethical barriers. And this makes the market positioning and buy-in from all the stakeholders much more important than any other industry. So I think with this, I'd like to conclude our presentation. Um, I'd like to pass it on to Kamaljit, who will give us the results of the poll, and then to Anna. So Kamaljit, if you could go through the results of our poll survey. 
Yeah, so we have the result where, you know, obviously as expected, uh, big data analytics, which is, you know, from a readiness point of view, is uh, holding somewhere around 36% of the votes, and followed by artificial intelligence, which, you know, being voted by 23% of the uh, audiences who are voted today. Uh, this clearly, you know, signifies some of the predictions and some of the, you know, uh, some of the argument we have made today. And that that is followed by one of the again mature technology around you know M health variable somewhere around 19%. Uh, we still you know anticipate these are you know some uh, these are still you know high in adoption, may not be you know in the clinical grade or the medical grade arena, but when we talk about overall individual care, we see a larger adoption from M health and wearable applications. And finally, we see blockchain, which is obviously at very nascent stage. Roughly around 8% of the people voted around that as you know uh, as one of the technologies. With that, I just you know pass on to Anna to open this session uh, for Q&A with all the audience we have. Over to you, Anna. Thank you, Kalmanja. Thank you, Renita. We have time for a, a few questions here. So one of our questions here from our audience reads: This market size is it for devices only? No, it's not devices only. It covers all the segments that we talked about today. So it covers pharmaceuticals, um, medical devices, biotechnology, clinical diagnostics, uh, digital health, and medical imaging. All manufacturer revenues. We do not. We have not included in market sizing hospital revenues. Thank you, Renita. And uh, another question here. How does reimbursement work for these exciting new technologies? Kamaji, do you want to take that? Sure. That, that's a very you know, timely and interesting question because when we talk about uh, you know, healthcare especially, reimbursement comes as uh, one of the you know, predominant monetization way apart from the you know, out-of-the-pocket uh, spending, especially in the you know, predominant market like the U.S. and the European market. Now, as we discussed, you know, uh, during our presentation, especially around the uh, third prediction around digital health, we see clearly, you know, this argument around, you know, uh, the reimbursement for these technologies or solutions around that are clearly shifting as the as you know, health system increasingly understand that beyond the treatment focus, they have to move towards what we call the preventive care and they do understand that technologies such as mHealth, wearables, AI, decision support are going to play a bigger role in terms of you know preventing those care and kind of you know dealing the cost of care outside of the high acuity setting that is the hospital, OR, emergency rooms, and other things. And having said that, what we also understand that when we talk about you know uh, the uh, apart from the reimbursement, when we talk about the how people are going to monetize that, and especially when we talk about very you know cutting edge technologies such as AI and blockchain, we still see you know the main end users, the key end users such as uh, the uh, physicians or health system per se, and even the consumers. They are not ready or convinced to pay at this moment, provided it has some tangible outcomes such as we have seen in the you know augmenting radiologists, which has been proven and. Some of the AI applications of the algorithm are already, you know, we know more than you know, 15 companies or companies which which have been you know approved by FDA as part of their AI application for imaging use cases. 
So as these things get weighted, we will see you know, more acceptance and investment around that when they generate a real ROI around that. And when we talk about uh, your very nascent technologies around blockchain, we see that it's not around the revenue, rather it's more about you know, cost-saving opportunities, cost-saving around the current uh, roughly $422 billion of waste abuse and you know, fraudulent activities around healthcare in order to replace some of the mundane works uh, no activities or digital workflow in healthcare. So that's where we see, you know, purely from a reimbursement point of view, it is going to be replaced. Uh, it is going to change, and that would vary depending on the maturity of the countries or the health systems um, in the globally uh, global scenario. Thank you, Kamaljit. Now we have time for one more question, and we'll take this question quickly. And any other questions uh, that we have not addressed today, the team will get back with you via email. So our last question here. Interoperability is a big challenge in our industry. How will AI work without good data? Well, this, is, this is also a very interesting question. And obviously, you know, uh, when we talk about um, AI, data is the holy grail for AI, or rather, you know, weighting the AI uh, decisions or the intelligence. Now, this, this, there is a, you know, there is a shift, or you know, I would say we uh, we have to you know see the timeline around that in terms of the application, especially around you know data around enterprise data and uh, data around closed networks of data such as you know health system efficiencies. Now, if we are uh, able to generate those data, and especially in developed market, we actually have the control around those data, and that's much easier to achieve you know operations around that. That's why where we you know when we talk about the near-term uh, growth opportunities around AI application, we see you know workflow optimization, risk analytics in terms of operation again are some of the low-hanging fruit. But when we talk about you know AI applied to uh, patient stratification, population health, risk uh, management, even precision medicine to that say, that's still a far-sighted you know in terms of when, when we talk about accuracy. Yes, no doubt there are you know some form of clinical decision support system. But I would say, you know, the, 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 the difference between the winners and the losers would be, you know, those companies who have a focused approach towards, you know, targeting a specific ology or the therapeutic area or even a specific use cases around that with, you know, uh, certain uh, renowned uh, health systems and other things. And moving forward, as we, you know, mentioned, this, yeah, more, the partnership between the industry and the government or the health system are going, are going to play bigger role. And as and when we you know, move on with all this initiative around uh, you know, population genomics and all, we will have a you know, lot of data pools, I would say data lakes, to finally you know, make AI more powerful as we proceed. But definitely at this moment, yes, uh, things like you know, overall population level the decision supports need you know, still validation from a data uh, interoperability, which is, uh, you know, I see more of a timeline issue rather than a techni technological readiness issue. Linda, would you like to add something to that? No, I think we're running out of time. I do want to say that we have a very detailed report on uh, the outlook for 2019 and the prediction, and we have all the growth opportunities broken um, into separate, separate chapters. So if anyone is interested on looking at that report, please let us know. We'll be happy to, to take it forward with you. Thank you so much. Over to you, Anna.
Thank you, Renita. Thank you, Kamaljad. This concludes today's webinar. We hope you found today's webinar informative. Uh, again, you can contact us with the details provided on your screen at this time. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of your day.